no, there's no perfect family. There's no perfect person. And, you know, I'm the first to attest to that. And, you know, it's, I, I've had my struggles just like everyone else. I've had right. my challenges. And Brenna, I think the thing is in the midst of it all, you know, we can have joy. We yes. can have happy. Hello friends. I'm Brenda Crouch. I believe the winds of global change compel us to the mysteries that speak to path and purpose. In a time of amplified chaos, there is a divine compass to navigate the conditions that drive our everyday decisions. For the next 30 minutes, we'll explore stories and the knowledge of sojourners who will point the way to the secrets that lie before us. Join the conversation and welcome to Inside Voice. Well, hello and welcome to Inside Voice. I am super excited about today's show because I know that so many of you are fighting discouragement right now. These are times of intense pressure and all of that seems to only exacerbate the the issues that we carry, the baggage that we carry around. You know, it's a tough time right now for people who are struggling in their emotions. Uh, Some of you I know are in despair and you've lost hope for actually living a better life. The things you once dreamed of, the things that fed you and drove you when you were young. And I want you to be encouraged today because my guest has something to say to you. She's been there. I've been there. And we want you to be encouraged that God is not finished with you. And oftentimes the things you think you've lost are just waiting for you on the other side of this shift. So I want to introduce my guest. She's amazing. She's a dear friend. And uh, she is actually a mom of five kids. And when you see her, (laughs) you're going to be just like me and go, how is that even possible? But mama (laughs) to five kids, she's got one grandbaby and three fur babies. I've met one of those fur babies. So cute. (laughs) And she is a preacher's kid. She is the youngest of all her siblings in the Osteen family. And so she comes from such a legacy of faith and integrity that has been known for its small beginnings, but also its impact that continues around the world. And she is the author of a new book, Better Than Ever. And uh, she's just gorgeous. She's a speaker. She's a TV co-host. You see her frequently on Joni Table Talk. And uh, she holds beautiful conferences to encourage you. I have had the privilege of knowing her both on screen on the camera and behind the camera, off the camera. Uh, She's someone I call a friend. And I'm so honored to have you here with me today, April Osteen. Thank you. So good to be here. Thank you for having me today. And what an intro. (laughs) I have a lot to live up right there, but thank you for having me. We love you and your family. Y'all are just so near and dear to our heart. Thank you. Well, you are just as lovely inside as you are on the outside. And so I know people are going to see that today as we talk. And, uh, you know, your book, uh, I love your book. I read it and I was just, it's compelling with so many wonderful stories. You are a master of storytelling. (laughs) Uh, Thank you you so much. There were times it had me crying and times you had me laughing. And uh, I really feel like people are going to want to get your book when they hear about some of the things you have to say, because it's really an encouragement for where people are right now in their lives. And I I just think it's very timely that people need to know that they truly can believe again. And it really is about trust, isn't it? Trusting God. Definitely. And having hope, you know, hope and faith in God. And uh, that's why I wrote it. That's why I wrote it. Amen. Well, uh, you know, oftentimes I I just kind of want to head off 
one perception that can happen with people often. And that is when they look at you through the wind, the glass windows and, you know, they see an image, they, they might put you in the category as privileged or, you know, somebody who's never experienced pain, someone who's beautiful and successful. And, you know, they would never relate to my life, but that's really not the case, is it? No, I mean, I, I, no, there's no perfect family. There's no perfect person. And, you know, I'm the first to attest to that. And, you know, it's, I I've had my struggles just like everyone else. I've had my challenges. And Brenda, I think the thing is in the midst of it all, you know, we can have joy. We can have happiness. We can not allow the circumstances that are going on around us to override the calm and the peace and the trust and the faith and the hope that we have in God. And, Mm. you know, it's one thing we never know what people are going through. I just heard someone yesterday I was talking to that going through so many different things yet on the outside, they didn't appear that way. So you never know the battles that people are fighting. It's, uh, it's our response to those battles that makes all the difference in the world. Amen. I really believe that. And, you know, during some of my darkest, heaviest, most painful times of my life, uh, this message was really something I would listen to a lot through some of the Osteen ministry. And it really helped me uh, to begin to just feel that joy again and say, you know what, God's got something for me still. And I can believe in that. So, you know, bringing humor into those situations, you know, they say laughter is medicine to our soul, right? That's what the scriptures Mm -hmm. tell us. And so I, you know, there was one story that you kind of open up with that had me dying. I mean, I was (laughs) like, okay, this girl, I I get this. And can you share a little bit of that? It was the funniest story of uh, going through a drive-thru and just how that those perceptions can sometimes it, it, it parallels to life. Yeah, it's a true story. I had all my five kids in the car with me. It was late. We'd been at school. We'd been at basketball games. Decided to go to a new Mexican food restaurant because we love Mexican food. (laughs) And pulled up to the menu, and we all got our order. Went to the intercom, and the rule of my car is when the window goes down, you had to be quiet because mama's got to order. (laughs) Seven people. So I was going through the drive-thru, ordering for a lot of people. Looked at the menu board. We all got our orders. Got up to the intercom. And I started talking and I, I was giving my orders, gave the first order, gave the second order. After the second order, my kids began to giggle. So I kind of did the mom thing. I said, y'all be quiet. I got to focus. <laughs> gave my third and fourth order. And Brenda, I promise you, I was doing so great getting the jalapenos just right, the cheese just right. I was so <laughs> proud of myself, <laughs> except I thought, you know what? Something's not right here. So I looked right into the intercom, true story. And I said, hey, are you getting this? Is anybody there? Do you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh Anyway, my kids just burst out into laughter. My son's bowed over the back seat. My girls are just laughing <laughs> so hard in the back seats. And I looked over at my oldest in the front seat, and she had a big tear running down her face. She was laughing so oh hard. And it irritated the fire out of me. <laughs> and I finally said, what is going on? My son leans up in my ear and very loudly says this, Mom, you are talking to a garbage can. And I mean... <laughs> I looked out my window, clear as day, a big garbage can. You know, I had one of those spouts on it, so it looked like an intercom to me. And I just thought, Jesus, help me. There's a family inside the restaurant rolling, laughing, cars behind me, nobody honking, just laughing. And I start the book out with that story because it just reminds me of life. Here I was, I was so busy trying to feed my kids because it's what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) And, you know, 
so busy with life. I had gotten so busy doing life that I found myself perched in front of a garbage can and I was talking to it. I didn't even notice the smell. I didn't notice anything. (laughs) This is the key, Brenda. All I had to do was pull up a few feet ahead to where there was life. And Mm -hmm. I tell that story as an intro because how many times are we so busy being a human doing that we lose sight of being a human being? We lose sight of the moments. We get so wrapped up in life and everything that we have to, you know, conquer for the day that we, we don't enjoy the moments of the day. So my whole crux of that chapter is if you're parked in the wrong place today, if you woke up in front of negativity, just pull up a few feet ahead to a positive life. If you woke up hopeless, pull up a few feet ahead to the word of God where there's always hope in God. Mm, that's so it's a so true good. story. I hate to admit so, it, but it's true. I love it. I love it. And thank you for sharing it. I just think, you know, what a powerful analogy. God will often speak to us through those moments that can bring us humor and joy and just really um, sometimes we get so serious and bogged yeah. down by yeah. the doings of life. And then right. we're caught up in, in that negative emotion and narrative. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems we seem to spiral there. And so oftentimes right. we need kind of a little bit of an epiphany that can come through the shock of something yeah. as funny, <laughs> as funny and humorous as that, um, you know, it kind of brings us back to understanding I'm human. And you know what? God loves me in with my flaws and uh, he has the best for me. So, you know, I think that too, I I really want to speak to something else that um, I think there's a fine line, especially in our culture where people often want to run away from their pain. And so they'll do that through denial instead of through the truth. And so can you kind of explain the difference and what you're talking about the difference between escapism or denial of mm-hmm. of your pain and the acknowledgement of it but then bringing right. that into a resting place and a place of joy uh, in the process I, and on the journey you know brenda that's a great question and there's a saying that says this healing is hard staying wounded is harder so, you know, you can, we can run all day long. We've all been guilty of running from our problems, running from the pain, running from the hurt. But Marcus Lamb, who just went to heaven a few months ago, said this to me one time, one time in the, in the midst of some deep pain I was in, he said, April, there is no progress without the process. Mm-hmm. Say it again. There's no progress without the process. You have to wow. go through the process. You've got to deal and heal. You can't. Yeah. Wherever you go, there you are. If you leave one place wounded, you're going to show up at the next place wounded. If you close the door to one season in your life and you have anger and bitterness and pain, guess what? When you get to the next season, unless you deal with it, you're going to have the same anger and pain and bitterness. So I think learning to just say, God, you're a big God. And I have these pains. I have these wounds. People have hurt me. People have offended me. And I don't know how to go on. That's the great place to be with God. Just say, God, I don't know how to do it, but I know that you can come in and heal my wounded heart. Help me get rid of this unforgiveness. You know, forgiveness is for you. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, Brenda, we cannot get to the next place in life because we haven't forgiven. One of the things my mom did when she was so sick with cancer, she wrote these letters and asked for forgiveness. And I, I came into my room wow. as a young girl, and there was a letter on my bed with my mom asking me to forgive her. 
And I thought, what in the world did she ask me to forgive her for? She hasn't done anything. And she felt because she was so sick, she had been, you know, harsh with her words at times out of pain. I never felt that. But now I understand what she was doing. She wanted to clean out the inside. God, if I've any way offended anyone. So I would say this, don't run from your pain. Find a good counselor. Find a friend you can talk to. Find a way you can heal because you know what? When you're healed, your testimony is going to help someone else. It might be a testimony, but it can become a testimony. <laughs> and you've just you've just got to look beyond where you are right now. Look beyond the hurt. You may say, you know what, April Brenda, I don't know how I'm going to ever get through this. I've been I've been walked out on. I've been abused. I've been raped. Man, our hearts go out to you, but God can heal you right where you are. You've just got to be open to that healing. Mm, man, if that ain't the truth. And I love how you pointed to how that we will carry that same thing into the next relationship or the next season or the next advancement if we don't acknowledge it and and let right. God help us to process it, yeah. honestly and truthfully, because, you know, there's so many, um, I think that the enemy wants to offer this kind of counterfeit type yeah. of, uh, and that's why I call it escapism, you know, where we're not really dealing with it. Yeah. And so we're not healing it at the root. We're right. just kind of moving on to project, uh, you know, hopefully a different attitude or something. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not as we can't be honest in our relationships or with God, right. if we can't come there to where, you know, things are real and, uh, right. and we're allowing yeah. him to come in and then change the perspective mm-hmm. and the landscape. You know, I remember a time uh, in my own life that I was living, uh, I was barely living and I was in a very abusive uh, marriage, emotion, emotionally abusive and controlling. And um, I remember my mother my sweet mom was an intercessor and, you know, we had gone shopping, which was not a, it was kind of a rare occasion. And we were standing in this department store and she reaches over and grabs this little handbag off of a rack. And it, it had this beautiful picture on the front of kind of a, a, a lady's feet in pretty strappy heels with this tulle kind of ballerina skirt on. And it said something about, uh, you know, learning to dance or something like that. And she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she says, honey, I want you to find your inner princess again. Like she realized that I was dying on the vine and I was kind of almost cloaking myself in this shame and in this control. And there was no light inside of me anymore. And there is a chapter in your book (laughs) and you call it find your wag. Now, now folks, (laughs) my friends, she does not say find your swag. And that kind of is what I was pointing to just a minute ago, where we think if we just put on, you know, um, another identity, another image, yeah. then we're fixing things. And you know what? We're going to take the same stuff into yeah. that arena if we don't deal with it. So how do you find your wag? Tell us what in the world that means. Uh, I know because I read it, but tell us about that. I, well, we had two little dogs. One was Trevor and one was Missy. Missy was a little Yorkie. And every day when I came home from being gone, Trevor would come to the door. They would both come to the door and Trevor would just bark and his little tail would wag. And Missy just came to the door and kind of looked at me like, hey, <laughs> kind of a questionable look. And so after a while, it bothered me because I associate with dogs wagging their tails that they're happy. And Missy's tail never wagged. 
And I mean, I began to pray for her little happiness and my dog, you know, called me weird, but I just wanted her to be happy and feel loved. And so this went on months after months and after months. And finally, probably after the ninth month, I came home and guess what? Missy was wagging her little tail. And I was so happy. I was so overjoyed. And my story and my point of that story is this, Missy found her wag. And just like what you're saying, sometimes junk can get in, in us and and just the burdens of life, you know, just every day, COVID, what's going on, what's happening in your relationships, and it kind of steals our wag. And you got to sometimes search for it. You got to get down with God and say, God, I need my wag back. I need my happy back. Yeah. I need I need my joy back. And, um, you know, I would just encourage you, maybe you're like Brenda said, maybe you have this stuff going on and we all go through it. There's not one person in this world that doesn't have to face this. You have to dip, dig deep for your purpose, that dream that's been buried for so long, that thing that makes you happy. You mamas with all these kids might just feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. right now with the sense of everything you have to do. You need to take a moment every day, take 10 minutes and just get alone and say, God, I thank you that you're going to help me find my purpose back. You're going to help me get my joy back, my happy back. You know, you got to search for it. It's that you got to put feet to your faith. You know, not everything's just going to fall in your lap. There's a scripture that says, pursue peace, chase after it. In one version, it says, Mm -hmm. that tells me that not every day my house is going to be peaceful. But you know what, Brenda, I can search for it. I can chase after it. I can do all I can to bring peace and joy and happiness to my house. So I just want to encourage you to to not just settle in life, not to, to settle being unhappy mm-hmm. or waiting. Okay. When my kids grow up and they're gone, then I'm going to get my wag back. Then I'm going to get my happy bag right. back. No, God wants you to have it back today. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice in it and be glad in it. So mm-hmm. every day, just look for that happy and get it back. Powerful. It's so true. And don't you think that worship and praise has so much to do with our success in actually finding who we are. I mean, we were created for what? For worship. Yeah. Yeah, So I mean, how important is worship when you are feeling the weight of your emotions? And it's, you know, for some people, April, it's very difficult. They've never been trained to uh, be able to do this. So where do they start? How do they take those baby steps toward Mm -hmm. just shifting and turning their face toward the hope that that we have in Christ? How do they do that? You know, it can be as simple as this, Brenda, every morning saying, God, I thank you that I woke up today. God, I thank you for who Mm -hmm. you are. I thank you for your peace. I thank you. You know, some people have so much going on around them that they, they don't realize that they're blessed. So if you just think, God, I think I had a bed to sleep in. I thank you that I get an opportunity at another day. And then just begin to say to him, I thank you that you're a good God, that you're a faithful God, that you've helped me make it to another day. It's little bitty. I like the way you say baby steps. You don't have to come from a spiritual family. I like to say this, just because you didn't come from a healthy family doesn't mean a healthy family can't come from you. It can start Mm. today. You start building that new family tree. Start building a, a, a family tree of worship, even around your dinner table. Pray, mm. join hands and pray. Bring back prayer to the table. 
Bring back, sit together at the table and, and let your kids see you pray. You know, Brenda, my greatest examples, and I'm sure it's the same for you, of who God was, how God is, trusting God, having faith in God, were my parents. Not because they were perfect, far from perfect, but I watched what they did when times were tough. I watched what they did on the platform. I watched what they did when times were good. And you know mm-hmm. what the greatest thing I can say about them is it wasn't too different when they were on the platform and when they were at home. Yeah. They loved God on the platform. Mm-hmm. They loved God at home. So, but, but a lot of that had to do with worshiping God. I hear my mom to this day, I can go with her. She's 88 years old. Father, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for your yeah. goodness. Father, thank you that we made it to the restaurant safely. <laughs> yeah. I love it because it's simple and it's childlike. We don't have to talk to God like he's King James Version. Just right. talk to him like you would talk, like we're talking today. Mm, that's so good, my friend. And you know what? I think that is probably the thing I love about you the most. It isn't um, all the other obvious things that people would be drawn to you for, but I recognize that kind of authenticity, your love for Jesus and your love for that model that was given to you through your mama, through your daddy. Um, I had that with my mama. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why I I relate to that because, you know, she was a person who would spend time on her knees and verbally would thank the Lord. And she would sing those hymns in the kitchen. And I mean, that's the stuff I hold on to. And when I had to face some real, true brokenness and failures in my life, you know, having to acknowledge my own humanity and my faults, I, I, I realized, yes, there were mindsets that had to change, but I was able to go back and drink from those wells of that faith, yeah. that role of faith that had been um, modeled before me. And mm-hmm. so I guess my heart, and I think your heart goes out to those who have not had that. They've not had that yeah. modeled before them. They've come from uh, deep abuses and, and deep pain and, and maybe a model of, of just brokenness, sometimes narcissism within the family. And they, they, so they struggle with knowing how, and, you know, how do I shift this? Where's my, where, when does the paradigm change? And so I love that you're saying (laughs) you can have joy in the middle of something very painful. And that joy is going to come from that relationship with Jesus as he changes you from the inside out. And this is really the metamorphosis, right? It's the the cocoon and yeah. the time that, you know, your, your DNA is there from your creator God, um, that he is now going to reform you and transform you for something better, for something yeah. bigger. You're, you're right something new on the horizon. And would you say that when you come through those things and out of them uh, to a new place, almost like a, a rebirthing uh, in mm-hmm. a, that uh, your, your vision is expanded, your horizon yeah. is expanded. How, what, what does that process look like? Well, it's, you know, I can think of an example when we moved from Houston to Dallas to start a church. Uh-huh. My dad had passed away. We felt like we were supposed to start a church. Brenda, it was the scariest thing for me in the whole wide world. I I was at a good church. I'd been there my whole life. I'd gone away to college, but I came back. I was a youth pastor there at Lakewood. And, and my kids were in a great school. And then we decided to go start a church. Well, I thought, how do you start a church? <laughs> how do you get money to start a church? Where do the people come from? And I was petrified. 
And I remember taking, we had four kids at the time. I was driving the Suburban with my four kids from Houston to Dallas. It's a four hour drive. And I was, I was frantic on the inside. I was scared. I was leaving everything I knew. And I just remember the place on I-20, about three and a half hours into the drive. I looked at this little flag that was right there. And I said, God, I don't know how to do it, but I'm giving it to you. I can't handle this fear. I can't handle these questions any long, longer. And I'm giving it to you. That was a place, the kind of my memorial stone that I, I gave it to God. Now, did it all go away? No. Every single day, sometimes multiple times a day, I had to give it to God because that mm. fear would come over me. Yeah. This is the great thing I realized. God was on the other side of that fear. God was on the other side of me being uncomfortable. And guess what? God showed up here in Dallas, Texas. He was faithful. He was present. He was good to us. People came. I don't know how they came, but thank God they came. And what that did for me, now I look back to that. And every time I pass that sign, I think, thank you, God, you were so faithful. That made me so much stronger. I, I feel like I could do anything. I feel like I could conquer the world. It doesn't mean I won't have fear. But because I had that experience, man, I can't even tell you how much stronger it made me. So if we can look beyond the fear and realize there's something greater on the other side, fear can hold you back. It yeah. can set you back. And you have to realize this. The enemy in John 10, 10, it says Satan says he comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus says, don't get me mixed up with him. I've come right. to give you life and have it more abundantly. So if you're walking in fear, that is not abundant life. That is a lie of the enemy. Like Brenda said, mm -hmm. a mindset shift. A mindset means it's mind to set. I recognize fear is not of God. So I am, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm focusing on what God says. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God is mm -hmm. making a way for me. He's able to do the exceedingly abundantly in my life. So you do have to have that mindset shift. And if you can work beyond the fear, I'm, I can promise you, you're going to get stronger and God always shows up. Amen. And you know, I think that God allows us those, um, what they call liminal spaces where you're not where you once were, you know, yeah. you've, you've awakened to some new, new things, but you're not yet where you're going. And so yeah. in those places, those are the hardest places. And you, you do address this in your book about, um, victory happens on God's timeline. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's, those are the most challenging places to face yeah. our fears, to turn them over to God and to trust him when we're not seeing much change yeah. on the surface level, right? Because the change that's oh, yeah. taking place really, I think first and foremost has to happen deep within the inner workings of our soul and where yeah. we have those fault lines that cause us to shift. And and so can you speak to that about that season when yeah. it's easily easy to get discouraged? And now we're we're living in this era of a pandemic that is never ending, yeah. it seems. And you know, people are just getting so frustrated and they're worn out. They're absolutely mm -hmm. worn out. Yeah. They don't they're confused. They don't know what to believe. And mm -hmm. so I think in the shaking of a lot of our belief systems, there's actually yeah. the hope for uh truth for recalibration, mm -hmm. for us to, to come to that place where our systems fail, but in our desperation, mm -hmm. yeah. what do we find? What do we right. find? You know, so often we're, we're looking for God to move. And oftentimes mm -hmm. God's looking for us to wait because oh. 
many times God wants to do a work on the inside of us. You know, I don't know if you've realized yet, but God doesn't need Holy Ghost Junior. <laughs> right. So often we try to get involved. I've given God a million different ways to to bring my blessing to pass. <laughs> yeah. And I've realized it's in those times of waiting, Brenda, that we, if we allow ourselves, God can do a work on the inside of us. And it doesn't mean that he's coming in and taking out often you know, all this sin and stuff. I mean, yeah. he might have to do that, but you know, so often it's just working on our patience, working on our trust in God. And, you know, you mentioned the pandemic and when we were all homebound in 2020, we did have this shift. And, you know, my heart goes out to people who were all alone during that time. And, you know, it, for me, it just caused me to refocus. I think in yeah. In some regards, it was a good way for us to refocus on what's important in our lives, our family, our time together, you know, yeah. and and our health, you know, different things like that. But I know, and, and it's hard to wait. It's hard to wait. You know, I've been believing God for years for certain things and I hadn't seen yeah. it yet come to pass. You know, I, you know, I remember a story that my sister Lisa told and I heard it again recently with the interview that we did. She, she was believing God for years for kids. Eight years, she and her husband believed. And the doctor looked at her and said, you're physically unable to have children. Well, Brenda, she had quoted every scripture on being the happy mother of children that, you know, she saw her house. She had quoted, she had prayed, she had believed God in eight years. And then she's told she's not going to have kids. This is what she told God. You know, she, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. She struggled and she was discouraged, but she finally got to the place where she told God, God, I'm believing you for children, but even if it doesn't happen, I'm mm. still going to love you. I'm That's still going to trust you. I'm still yeah. going to serve you. That gives me chili willies. As yeah. I say. Right. And long story short, she adopted three kids, amazing kids. I mean, wow. just a miracle how it happened. See, God has a million, mm. million different yeah. ways to give you your miracle. Are you going to trust him? Are you going to believe him when times are tough? Let me just say this, Brenda, the way we believe and live and talk about God is affecting and impacting our bloodline. Yes. And when, when we don't give up, we're teaching our kids not to give up. Mm. When we keep trusting God, even though we don't see the miracle yet come to pass, we are teaching our children to trust God. When we are praising God, when all hell is breaking loose, mm. not for the problem, but that God's going to see us through the problem. We're teaching our children that no matter what goes on in our life, we're going to praise and worship God because Amen. He is a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a loving God. So mm. it trust is hard, but you know what? I'd rather trust God and just believe God for big things. I'd rather shoot high and miss it than yeah. shoot low and make it. <laughs> so oh. I just encourage you to keep trusting, keep believing, put the word of God in you. Get in God's word until God's word gets in you. So when yes. these lies of the enemy come and say, you're never going to see it, it's never going to happen. You just come back with the word of God because the word of God yeah. will change and transform your life for the better. Amen. When those narratives come to destroy you, you have an answer. <laughs> yes. And, you uh, do. Yeah. And man, what would we do without his living, breathing word? Oh, oh my goodness, my friend, we are, we only have like a couple minutes left and I just <laughs> could go on with you uh, for another half an hour. You are a wonderful wellspring of joy and life and hope.
Um, tell us how people can find you and tell us a little bit about uh, what is uh, Better Life or what is Better Life Night, yeah. right? Better I, Life I almost Night. Got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Better Life Night is an event that we're having here in Arlington, Texas. It's going to be March 4th, 2022. It's going to be not a night of fun, laughter. We're going to have surprises. We're going to have great worship. I'm going to bring wow. an inspirational message that just challenges us to live life better, to live it happier, to live it, you know, more successfully. And I just think it's a great night to get back together. And so that's going to be there. You can find me on Instagram, April O. Simons. Um, I think Facebook is the same thing. And you can find my book anywhere books are sold or on Amazon. Awesome. And you have a website. I do. AprilSimons.com. One M. Oh, you just said that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's a gorgeous website. Well, Thank I you. have so enjoyed having this time together. I hope we can do it again because I, know. I just think there's, you know, we're just tapping into it, you know, yeah. um, with the issues that I think people uh, struggle with and, and they mm -hmm. need to be able to reference the framework of the fact that Jesus said he is the way which means yeah. following him is the way mm -hmm. to that. He is the truth, listening to his word. He was the living, breathing word of God there from the beginning, listening to his word about who we are. And he is the life. He will bring the life to those places that we feel um, have been destroyed or taken out that are dead. Right. We, we all need the resurrection power. And, you know, I think that it really is, our true beginning, don't you? That if do. we come to that place, it isn't till we come to that place of total desperation, understanding I can't do this by myself, yeah. that we really find our hope because otherwise we're just kind of playing games, right? Yeah, exactly. And God is just a prayer away. And yeah. I don't know how people do it without him, but it's good to yeah. know if you just ask him into your heart, you know, he's there for you. Exactly. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I know you've got uh, a busy schedule and we want to honor your time, but uh, I really appreciate you, my friend. And thank uh, you for our having prayers me. for you and your book. Everybody, I know we'll probably show the artwork, but this is a great book. It will encourage you. So, um, you know, I want to thank you, friends, for being here with us today, for joining into this conversation. I know that it brought you some hope. I know it brought you um, some new perspective and, and just spoke some life into whatever situation you are facing. And uh, I appreciate you. April appreciates you. And we pray for you. And so we want you to know that you matter. And uh, Jesus is there. When those of us who are human beings uh, cannot be everywhere. He is there. And uh, he sent the Holy Spirit to be your comforter and your counselor and uh, to bring you the joy that you need to strengthen you. So we pray for you today that you will find that and be able to find the life that God created you for and that it will be better than ever. So thank you for joining us. Come again next time. I'll have another guest for you to hear. I'm Brenda Crouch. You have a beautiful and blessed day. 